World Fancast. This is episode 62. I'm Siege. And I'm your boy, Tony Coitus. Alright, so thank you guys. Right before we get into this episode, um, you guys have been really good at listening and subscribing, but if you could continue to do so, continue to share us with your friends, uh, we're actually seeing our numbers go up, and we would really like to hit that you know, that, that peak level where we can start bragging. 100%. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just continue to share with us. Um, give us your feedback. We would really, really love it. Um, but, TC, where you at? What's going on? Nothing much, bro. You know, we're uh, we're heading into the holiday season. It's, it's getting chillier out. Uh-huh. Um, you know, sweater weather and all that jazz. I'm, 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 I'm enjoying it. You know, this is kind of like, I feel like this is, the fun season of the year because there's always something going on. There's always a party to go to. There's always a happy hour or something, a gift exchange. Shit stays interesting. I love how you were like, it's a, a good time and I'm like stressed out. I'm like, all right, <laughs> I have to make sure that I schedule this and then there's this person's party and then my friends and then my boyfriend's holiday party. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are a lot of obligations. But... Trying to maintain a waistline in LA during the holidays. Still try. Just enjoy yourself. <laughs> it's your gift for you. That is a good. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that's where I'm at, but it's nice to see that you are embracing the holiday. Oh yeah, 100%. And uh, how do you feel about new Disney Plus? Um, oh, <laughs> Disney Plus. Well, I, I was telling you earlier that I enjoy the fact that I can watch Boy Meets World anywhere now, but uh, they, as of right now, don't have a resume watch feature. So anytime I'm watching Boy Meets World and I close out of the app, I have to search for Boy Meets World again, find the episode, and then push play. For Which just seems very inconvenient. It seems, it's so inconvenient, bro. Like, have I you watched really... any of their new programming? Um, I did watch The World According to Jeff Goldblum, just because it's... I did not know there was a Jeff Goldblum show. It's literally just him <laughs> being fascinated by things for half an hour. And yet I'm interested. I don't know how to like it. It's, it's the reason why I got the streaming service, bro. That boy it's world. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, so yeah, for those of you who are joining us through Disney Plus, welcome. Um, as we said earlier, this is your Boy Meets World fan cast, and we are in the middle of season three, or towards the end. Where are we at? We are, yeah, I would say we're in the yeah. final stretch. Yeah, final stretch, especially with uh, how things are panning out. Um, so this episode, this episode reminded me, and I'm going to talk about it a lot. This episode reminded me of kind of the Cosby show, Theo, I'm an adult. Oh, okay. You yeah, know what I, I mean? that vibe. And so I'm really interested to talk about that when we really get to to this, uh, to the details. But I guess basically we should start about with our Tell Me About It. Tell me about it. Tell me all about the show. Eric is the weatherman. He's going to tell you about the snow. I'm very happy because if you didn't make it right, I was going to be really, really upset. Okay, uh, this is season three, episode 17, Stormy Weather. Eric's devotion to TV station is affecting his grades and endangering his chances of graduating. In a B storyline, Sean and his girlfriend Dana can't get enough of each other until Jonathan decides to date Dana's mom, Susan. All right, first thoughts. 
first thoughts is that I am completely tired of the Jonathan storyline. Yes, this is just Jonathan's hot. Okay, cool. When women see them, they literally can't. Uh, before we even move into the Eric stuff, I mean, I just, for me, the thing that really pops off with this episode is how I feel that the connection between Jonathan and Sean is almost non-existent. And that his purpose in the show is really kind of falling flat. Him and Eli. And totally. don't get me wrong, I, I, like, I feel like they were trying to do something with Eli at least. Yeah. Um, you know, but they didn't really use him in the way that they should have. And totally. I feel like a lot of things that should have been said by Eli were said by other characters. I you know just don't I mean? know that they know what to do with Eli. And I mean, just... he's black in the 90s. What do they do? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Eli is partly responsible for Sean's, I mean, for Eric's internship. So, I mean, I guess he is playing into the overall plot, but I still feel like that was something that Feeney could have easily told him about. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, a lot of what was going on, don't get me wrong, Feeney and Eric have the history um, so I understand why they chose Feeney to be the one, but it would have been something that they, they could have used Eli. Totally. To totally. be the, the class that Eric's failing. Totally. What were your initial thoughts of, um, Eric versus Alan and that whole thing? Again, I thought about the Cosby show and like, I, I want to save that because A, I don't have kids, so it's going to be a little bit harder for me to say what I would do, but I had very strong people of color would not stand for this yes. mentality. Like, I was watching this being like, oh, if I, if I could just tell you the lecture that would have gone on. Hey, you would not have left that household. I don't care what happened. If you leave that household, guess what? You coming back to locks changed. Like, you know? Alan kind of does that a little bit in the episode where he's like, oh, you're an adult? You're going to start paying for rent? You're going to start paying for food? That shit, I felt like, was right on. Here. Absolutely. So, um, do we want to go into the roll call before we start dissecting this further? Yeah, okay, a little bit. Um, roll call, we get Rosalind Allen, who is Susan, plays Danon's mom, Susan, mm -hmm. um, which is, she's very 90s hot. You know what I mean? Like... 90s kind of like Seinfeld, Woman of the Week. I was like, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I just, I don't know why her character was needed. I don't know why they would... This whole Larissa Olenek thing really bothers me. Because in the previous episode, they had such a great like way to like have Sean have a girlfriend for a while. And now they seem to have broke up over an incest that is non-existent. Well, I, I, was, I saw it as television has this thing where it's like we can't keep a girlfriend around you know it's like we can't do that because we're not ready to really write for sean to have a girlfriend yeah. so instead we have to go back to the status quo and find a reason for them to break up is how i looked at it the moment this happened i was like oh you needed a reason and this is just sitcom -y enough for us to be like yeah sure why not no i just again i i feel like fine if you're gonna break them up break them up but Sean and Jonathan are not related. Yeah. There is not any insect. You're my aunt. I'm no one's aunt. Or whatever yeah. the joke is. Like, well, yeah, yeah. He goes, well, what happens is in the epilogue, um, Turner is apparently dating his uh, Dana's aunt now, which, again, I, I do want to get back into. And then um, Sean is like, oh, we're going to be cousins. And it's like, no, you two, you and Jonathan are not related. That's There's not nothing about this that should be weird. Work. And same thing, Dana's like, what if they get married and really like each other? It's like, then they're married and like each other, and you have a stepdad, but 
Sean's relationship to anyone really doesn't change. <laughs> and you know what's interesting is that really Sean has never referred to Jonathan as like a father type. Ever. He always refers to him as like his roommate. Well, even in here he goes, she's trying to date my bud or like something yeah. like that. So it's like, it's really a friendship thing. It'd be like if you got married, I wouldn't be like, oh, what'll happen to me? Yeah, it's, I always thought of them as having like more of an older brother type of relationship. Or them. even like an uncle. Sure. But point B, no matter what, the real important thing is, no matter what happens in Jonathan's life, Sean is not affected, at least in terms of the dating pool. No, not at all. <laughs> and yet, it's the central reason for their breakup. I will say that, to me... I don't like that Jonathan pursues Susan because it's like you do know how big of a deal it is for Sean to have a girlfriend. So they kind of like come to that conclusion on their own. But it's like, are you telling me Jonathan is starving for female attention so much that he couldn't just be like, oh, wait, this girl is m the kid who I'm guarding. Uh, this woman is the kid who I'm guarding's girlfriend's mom. Maybe that'll be weird for him. I can sit this one out. I'm, because, again, anytime he talks to another woman, her panties drop. <laughs> I'm so happy you brought this up because Jonathan literally hesitates for not even a second to jump into this chick's pants. And <laughs> it's startling because you're right. Like, he understands what this relationship means to Sean. Yet he still is, like, down to clown with this woman. <laughs> And openly flirt in front of them. To be fair, she's putting it out there. Because she was like, oh, no, no, no. We're divorced. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. She's like, oh, no. It's been a while. It's been a long, long, while. long time. <laughs> and I was like, oh, she's trying to get them cobwebs knocked out. <laughs> Good for you, Susan. I have to ask you, while we're on this, was did you have a hot for Turner? Turn, turn on, on my Turner? Um, uh -huh. Honestly, here's the thing. I think at this point in time, this storyline of... Turner's so attractive, people can't stand themselves. Just wore thin on me. You know what I yes. mean? It's like, even as much as I could be attracted to him, I was more so annoyed that they were going this way again. Yeah. Like, even with, like, again, when I think of the other shows at this time that use, like, hot person, i.e. friends, and it's just like, sure. he's, Joey's so hot that women just throw themselves at him. They still give him other hobbies. He, we know he likes sandwiches. We know he's an actor. Like you yeah. know, like they give him depth. Whereas Jonathan is, he's a teacher when they need him to be a teacher. He's a guardian when they need him to be a guardian. And any other time, he's just hot. Yeah, he's a panty dropper. Yeah. And, and, and what's interesting too is that like. He is best when he is more of the uh, I don't know how good looking I am guy. Absolutely, and I feel like that like gives him a little bit more uh, admirable qualities. Because and there's times in this episode where I just straight up don't like him. So yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely, that's what I agree with. Um, do you have anything about this? Because uh, to be fair, I will say. I found it entertaining. I don't love it, and I feel like we could have done other things, but as far as B storylines go, we also could have gotten more of Corey being nonsense. So, I was like, eh, it's not that Corey was whatever <laughs> in this episode. Exactly. It was weird that we continued so hard with Sean and Eric um, when Corey's there. It's actually been. Uh, I remember this. I yeah. said that whenever there was an episode that focused more on Sean and uh, 
Eric. It was because he was usually sick or doing like promotional work somewhere else or something like that. So, um, yeah, Wilfred has said he always loved it when Corey came out when <laughs> came out with the cold because he got to grab the spotlight. Yeah. So, um, what are your thoughts on this weatherman situation? Okay, so let's go into this. First of all, I think that there is a lot of really good here, and I think if anything, as I mentioned earlier, I would like to see this storyline fleshed out a little bit more. Totally. Because we get a lot of information and a lot of condensed time. A, Eric's really good at being an intern, which I think is great. You know, it shows that Eric has the work ethic that we thought he had or that he presented himself as when he um, interviewed for the job. He seems to think ahead. You know, it's like, I think all the time where we see Eric has being an airhead it just shows that he's just honestly disinterested. Totally. And the moment he finds something that he's interested in, he's really good at it. 100%. Um, so much so that they trust him to be a replacement, which I think, you know, that, that says a lot, other than the fact that they didn't want to pay a union worker. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but um, I thought that that was a really cool thing. But then also, it's Eric's birthday um, in two days, and he's being... He's turning 18. But then also, he is failing out of school. But then also, you know, is this, like, that's what yeah. I was like, we're getting a, a lot in here, and I felt like this either needed to be spread out or really, really um, paid attention to. I was going to say that, too. I feel like if this were made now, it would be, like, his seasonal long arc or something like that of how this internship is both inspiring him and conflicting with his goals for overall success of, of doing well in school. Um Eric straight up drops out of high school oh, in this straight episode. Up. <laughs> Just understanding that he's going to be a-okay. So, I mean, and, like, it's so weird because I like, <laughs> honestly, like, I don't know where to start because let's just, let's just start with him being an intern before okay. he gets on the air. Okay. Let's talk about that. Because well, again, I, he... In the spirit of 2019, um, his boss took his pants off in front of him. <laughs> First day on the job. Yeah, so... Um, him too, guys. I think, you know, we didn't finish Roll Call because I think it's really important to talk about John O'Hurley, yeah. who plays Cal. He's who great. Also, he also played Mr. Peterman on Seinfeld, which I... Like, again, that's who I know him as, and anytime he shows up, he's just forever Mr. Peterman. And um, I loved, like, he has this weird, like, you said character actor, but I feel like he plays the same character. And it's, like, <laughs> one that reads so well, and I don't know how to describe it other than entitled wealthy guy. You know what you I mean? His, <laughs> uh, his aura, doesn't he come across like a white version of Trevor from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Yes! Oh my god, I'm loving this. And I know that's just probably a weatherman-like thing, but just the way they talk and carry themselves is very... Again, it's it's like this unearned pompousness. Totally. You know what I mean? Where it's like he thinks that he's grander than he is. And don't get me wrong, he is a really big deal at this TV station. But at the exact same time, you're like, you're also the weather guy. Yeah, so like... it's the way doctors feel about themselves. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we understand, but you're... you're they're, Doctors everywhere. Exactly. Or DJs. Yeah. <laughs> like, DJs. Yeah. All right. We uh, apologize to the doctors slash DJs. Uh, <laughs> I would love there to be a doctor slash DJ. Oh, live your dream. DJ baby drops. <laughs> <laughs> With the beat and the baby drops. I love it. <laughs> um, uh, 
Yeah, so Eric is a uh, bitch for this news uh, station. He's an intern, which, to be fair, all interns are bitches. What I want to know is, like, okay, this is a school-run program. Mm -hmm. Eric is 17 years old, at least for the time that he is hired in, you know, the first part of his internship. If his school-sponsored intern job is asking him to do responsibilities that take away from his schoolwork, that ask him to be away from school during school hours. How is this Eric's fault? Well, I don't think that they are. I think that they they always position it in the episode that Eric is doing so voluntarily. Eric is getting there early. Eric is doing all of these things kind of to show how great he and how much of a resource he is. And again, to that I like, but I agree with you that it's kind of someone's job to be like, it is, I don't know, 2.15, why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> like, you're rushing off to deliver some guy his wig at 10 a.m. in the morning. They're not questioning while you're not in school? Exactly. Like, it's just, it's just Don't like get me wrong, you can't, like, every period can't be, like, a, a grace period. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I just feel like things like that were just a little irresponsible just because we know how Eric is when it comes to, like ways to be successful like if he finds something that he feels like he's good at or is that that's easy he's going to throw himself into it so i just feel like part of it yeah is eric needing to you know become an adult when he's turning 18 he's he's an adult he needs to make adult decisions um but i mean if if i was a part of a school sponsored program and they said hey do this and you don't have to go to class i would 100 percent do it yeah keep going um i mean I kind of want to talk to you about Alan and Eric. Yes. Okay. So let's get into this because what happens in the episode is that Eric gets a chance to be on TV. Well, first of all, before we get there, let's talk about his schoolwork because he is, we see him skipping class. Eli mentions that he hasn't been there. And Eli even comes to the station to be like, hey, man, what are you doing? Like, you should be at school right now. Which I hope that Eli doesn't have a class that he's supposed to be teaching. Because again, for some reason, teachers just leave their class whenever they realize the student's totally. missing in this um, world. But anyway, um, so Eli actually comes to the station to talk to Eric and be like, hey man, this is supposed to help you. And everyone keeps referring to the fact that this internship was supposed to help Eric get into college. And Eric's just like, why would I get into college when I have a job? So, there's that. But then also, Feeney... A non-paying job. Yeah, a non-paying job. I mean, he's young, so there's that. But then Feeney also is like, look, you are supposed to be in my class. I haven't seen you. You're at risk of not graduating. Feeney's also your principal. Yeah. Let's let's just put that in there. He's not just your teacher. He's your principal. And he's telling you, you will not graduate. And then, out, after all of that, Eric gets an opportunity to be on TV to actually fulfill his dreams. And the first thing Feeney has said is, I actually came here to talk to you about your... Well, no, not. not entirely. He, <laughs> he was waiting at the house with Alan and Amy, and they, had, they were like, bravo. They, were, they gave him a bit of an applause. But then, after congratulating them, they were like, hey, by the way, we need to talk about this very serious stuff. And, like, Eric was just on a high from coming off the TV, so he just wasn't ready to hear that shit. So, yeah, I think it was poor timing on Mr. Feeney's fault, but he have to... Well, you can't soft-pedal the real, bruh. Well, I don't think it was bad timing for Mr. Feeney's... Mr. Feeney, again, 
the principal and your teacher came after hours yeah. to tell you you are failing. I will make let you make it up by giving me a paper that no one else has been assigned and giving you a deadline that's not tomorrow. I didn't yeah. say I need it tonight. I said, by the end of the week, Friday, I need your paper. And it's insane that we would even question, oh, was this the right time to tell Eric? No, he could have not said anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like this is, we, we go through this a lot. I have a little bit of the issue with the fact that Eric is given so many chances. Oh, this I, is not the first time we've heard This episode about. reeks of privilege, bro. I mean, <laughs> again, he's quitting school thinking, I'm going to be I. And that's <laughs> kind of a privileged thing, too. Because he knows that, like, worst comes to worst, my parents will take me back or I'll get, get to go back to school. Absolutely. So, I mean, I, I just thought that was that was an interesting... Uh, yeah. yeah. Um... So it's the night before Eric's birthday, and he basically announces to his parents that he's not going to go to school the next day. He's going to go to his unpaid job. Yeah, so what happens in that is that Feeney's like, hey, your paper's due Friday. And Eric's like, ooh, Friday doesn't work for me. And he's like, wait, excuse me? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> he's like, um, yeah, I can't just like let this interfere with my internship. Um, I'll get it to you when I can get it to you. And they're like, no, you're going to give it to him Friday because that's what... It's gonna happen, and you're going to school. And he's like, "No, I'm not. I'm not going to school anymore. I've basically made it. <laughs> so I'm an adult now. You can't tell me what to do." Yo, Eric, don't give a shit. He is 18 years old. And this section right here is when I thought of the Cosby Show, and I think it's like the first episode or like one the of first the first season, yeah, very early season of Theo thinking that he's grown. And I just, or like even, I think they do it in God My Wife damn, and Kids. Dude. You know what? The Cosby Show was, can we just pause? Like, <laughs> what a great show. That first season? Absolutely. Oh my God, bro. That's like every, it's like an album where every song is a good song. <laughs> like, I, gosh. I, I know. Hate. This is this is me separating the man from the Thank art. you. I know it's something that we struggle with. But, guys. but specifically this episode, I was like, well, it's interesting to me is how young Theo is when they have this conversation. And it's something that people of color, in general, have these kind of conversations with their kids early on. Well before they turn 18. Well before they turn 18, <laughs> where it's like, you think you're grown, but the world is so much more complicated and asks so much more of you. The only thing that we ask of you is to go to school and get good grades. Yeah. And if you can't do that, you can't live here. And... I, I'm, like, trying to think of whether or not that, the whole do as I say or get out is a good approach. But I feel like, in general, it should definitely not be you could to just decide that you're not going to school and then go up to your room. <laughs> what did you think of Alan's, how Alan treated Eric the morning of his birthday? Again, I think that it was clear that Alan was really, really upset. And he was like, so you're going to school, right? And Eric was like, no, I'm not. And I was like, all right, so you did approach this completely wrong. No one sat down with Eric and was like, let's think this through. This is 
a school internship. If you quit, you no longer have the internship. You haven't signed a contract saying that you have the job. So, like, you know, if they haven't done any of those things. It was just a lot of threats. And yeah. on top of that, empty threats. Well, because you're right. Because no one explained to Eric, like, sat down and explained to him what would be the ramifications of this. He is making an ignorant decision that they're getting mad at him for when he doesn't know any better. And he is 18, which, I mean... Don't get me wrong, he should have some sense of the, how the world works, but it, I'm just saying he is young enough to be naive and think that this is a lock. So he was I'm young gonna... enough, he was naive enough to believe he could be a mall model. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, this is the kind of shit Eric does, bruh. But I, I do, what I do like is that, you know, this showed Eric's passion for something. Like, yeah. this, I think, should hopefully tie in more to why he wants to get into college so badly. Absolutely. I, at least I'm hoping so, because there's the fact that he's legit, like, fighting with Feeney, he's fighting with his dad, he's fighting with them because not only does he think he knows better, he just doesn't want this thing that's going so well for him to fall, to go away. But also, like, just, like, the passion that he has for it. Again, he's, like, the power of affecting millions of people. Like, this is, it's really interesting that Eric just sees, like, the reasons why Eric um, pursues this particular dream. And I feel like it's something that he feels like he can influence the world in the best way he can. Totally. And, um, again, like, even with Corey, when Corey's going outside, he's like, yo, you know, bring a, bring a jacket. Or like, <laughs> whatever. And it's, it's just showing that he really does care. But, he, and he even says, it's just clear that you guys don't see how important this is to me. And I do think that what both parties are doing, being, meaning Alan and Eric, is... They're both saying, you don't understand what I'm trying to do, and therefore I'm not going to pay attention to you because you're not paying attention to me. Yeah. Instead of both parties being like, hey, let's talk about this and let's really explain. Like, like Eric needs to explain why it's so important to him and why he feels that this is worth sacrificing everything for. And then his parents can sit down and be like, all of that is great that you're passionate but this is the reality of the decisions yeah. that you're making. Um, so Eric goes to the news station on his birthday. He's actually doing the weather. I think this is his last time he's going to do the weather. He doesn't quite know that yet. Yeah. Um, and they say happy birthday to him on air, and they surprise him with a cake. And then as soon as the lights go off, everyone goes away. He realizes that the cake is fake, and no one really cares about his birthday. Um, symbolism there. Yeah. Of just like what he, what the value that he's putting into something that's not valuing him. I also, television. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Totally. It's just like it's all. It's all. I, I think they even kind of hint at it with the fact that the uh, sports guy is also the daytime clown. And yes. It's just like yeah, there's this duality there. There's this um, hidden world that TV is all fake and it's all illusions and. You would think that Eric would see that and understand, but he doesn't. He just kind of buys into it. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Interesting. Um, well, one of my favorite parts of the episode is when uh, Alan comes to watch Eric uh, have his birthday broadcast. Yeah. Um, he comes. He's like, look, man, I'm sorry about last night. You know, you know, I, I, basically, I'm sorry. And basically, happy yeah. birthday and, and everything. But I just really love that Alan was able to step up and kind of say, like, hey, I understand that this is something that you really care about, and, you know, I love you, I support you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I do too, but the only thing is, they don't, like, we don't, 
see that Alan overheard the conversation, or they don't acknowledge that Al, oh, sorry, Alan heard the conversation with Cal. Um, and then on top of that, he comes and he's like, hey, I'm here. Oh, you're right. To... The conversation with Cal happened before. Exactly. Said, okay. Yeah. And he's like, hey, I'm here to support you. I want to make up for this morning. And Eric's just kind of like, you know, he listens to the story and in a pseudo way, he explains to his father that his feelings were hurt and that, you know, he accepts his father's forgiveness, but they still don't talk about the fact that Eric dropped out of school. Yeah. And, and that Eric, honestly, at this point in time, as far as they know, has no options because they don't know that Feeney's going to take him back to class. You dropped out. There's no obligation for Feeney to be like, yeah, come on back in. Especially since Feeney just showed up to your house not too long ago saying, hey, I'm going to extend an olive branch. And you literally, in front of your parents, told him, go screw yourself. Yeah. Um, and then Eric just found out that, as he should have known, this is a school internship. If you're not in school, then you don't have the internship. Can we, can we <laughs> pause there and just back up for a second? Because I want to go back to Cal's conversation with Eric because... Cal's actually the one who goes to Eric and is like, hey, I just want you to know that we have a real weatherman coming from, yeah. like, Pittsburgh or something. And Eric is just, you know, completely and shocked by this. And Cal's like, well, you know, you're a really nice kid and all, but, you know, you're you're just a kid. You you know. We you didn't think I would just give you this. It just give you this, did you? And Eric laughs it off, whatever. Um, but what I like is that Cal says, you know what? I really like working with you. Go to college. And when you come back, there's a job waiting for you. Well, what's interesting to me is when I saw that scene, and I've watched this episode a few times, when I saw this scene, I laughed because he immediately goes, once you graduate college, hit me up. Yeah. Eric just quit school yesterday, so as far as you know, <laughs> he could just go back to school and still be your intern. But he's like, nah, it's not worth it. <laughs> Yeah, and just the fact that Eric didn't understand that this was a student-based yeah. internship just goes to show how little he's thinking any of this. Absolutely. Um, and it's it's also interesting that no one else mentioned it. Like, Mr. Feeney didn't say anything the night before when Eric says that he's quitting school. And I, I would imagine that Mr. Feeney has the authority to cancel his internship. So absolutely. why not just be like, hey, you're going to lose your internship if you don't... This is what I'm saying. I mean, it's it, if we're being honest... Because television, but also in this world, no one really acknowledged the fact, and don't get me wrong, Eric should have considered the fact, but no one acknowledges the fact that this internship, this entire experience is tied to him being in school. So quitting school was the absolute dumbest thing that he could have done. And as far as Alan and didn't he tell Eli and, and Feeney? He told them both that he was going to quit. Yeah. And neither of them bothered to tell him. Absolutely. And the, um, well, they everyone keeps reiterating this internship was supposed to help you get into college. And as I was saying, by the time that Eric has gotten fired, there is no internship, there is no job, and he has quit school. And to be fair, we don't see him, like, fill out any paperwork or anything, so he probably just can come back. But what is to say that John Adams would have taken him back? I don't know how school works, but if you drop out of one school, I don't think they're, like, required to just let you re-enroll. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this this episode was, I thought, uh, for Eric, it was nice to see that advancement. But overall, I just kind of wish, like you said, that it, it wasn't so rushed. That it wasn't yeah. so much so little... 
Um, Alan does say something kind of nice at the end where he's talking to him and he's like, you know, uh, I had I dropped out of high school or I, w- I went I went to high school I went directly into the Navy Navy right after I didn't high go school. to college and it made my life a lot harder and I didn't want that for you like explaining his yeah. mindset yeah and telling him you know no matter what I'm there for you so um it, again I just thought it's nice seeing I guess Alan's presence when it's done right Absolutely. I think adds a lot to an episode and we haven't seen a lot of him this season he made it up a huge part of season one in a really in a way that was kind of useless I thought um. But in this in this season, I feel like when they are using him, they're using him very well. Well, Alan has always kind of been Corey's father first. Yeah. As far as the show's concerned. And I feel like lately and in the future, he will really start to be involved with Eric more so. Yeah. Um, and so, and then we'll get like moments in uh, days with him and Corey. But yeah, he was always Corey's father. Like, it was clear that Corey was his favorite. Sure. And... Now that Eric's getting older, and I just think it's, like, two men in the house. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or two assumed men, because Eric just turned 18, and, you know, he's still... He does that whole thing where he's like, you know what? If you need rent, here's rent. Yeah. Well, here's breakfast. breakfast. And it's just like, <laughs> no, son, if you want to talk that big of a game, you better have all the rent. And yeah. if you don't have all the rent, then guess what? Your stuff will be on the court. The curb by the time you get back. <laughs> and to your point, Cosby does that much better. So absolutely, I just wish that I wish that there was more creativity in the storytelling. A lot more creativity. You could, and again, I'm pretty sure they do it in My Wife and Kids as well. Yeah. When Junior, but again, these are shows that have black families with black children, and the father doesn't just accept your refusal. To do as told. He you ever notice black sitcoms with are always like, uh, man, I really want to hit these kids, but I can't, so I need to find something else that's gonna hurt them. <laughs> like it's always some shit like that. That's where the creativity comes from. This is I like, mean, well, <laughs> I mean, there's that, but then also I think that the Hughleys was like that. You well, know, I, the, just in general, the the lesson for people of color is always you don't just get to quit. You don't just get to decide you're not going to do something or that you're grown i need to illustrate to you how the world really works because one of the things that eric says when he comes back is he's like mr feeney i don't have anything right now and i don't know if you know this but it's really hard out there (laughs) yeah i mean to your point and we've kind of touched on this a little bit like the reason why Eric felt that he could quit was because he was raised in an environment where he believed thoroughly that he would be I. Yeah. And it's just, that's, I think, the the bra moment for me of this episode was when he just was like, I'm just going to roll this dice and see what happens. Exactly. And let me ask you this. Would your mom... If you told your mom... Jesus, dude. I couldn't (laughs) even get bad grades. I know, but if you told your mom, I'm 18 now. First of all, just let that... Slip. I don't care how old you are, T. <laughs> You're so stupid. <laughs> if you told your mom, I'm 18 now. I get to make my own decisions. I'm not going to school anymore. You better find a way to pay some rent then, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, shit yeah. that like, my mom would have said to me. But it would have been a conversation that would have been... I don't know. I just... First of all, for in my mind, this would have been an all-night conversation. You're not going yeah. to the room. We are talking about this. A hundred percent. If we need to talk about this till 4 a.m., we are doing so. And guess what? You were sleeping for three hours and then going to school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I. there was just a lot of 
freedom that Eric had. Like, he just lives in the world without the same limitations. And so I just think that was just an interesting way to, to see his decision-making here, so. Yeah, it's, I mean, again, I don't have kids, so I don't know what's the right thing to do. But I just feel like Amy was kind of reserved to being like, hey, this is what he's decided to do. Yeah, she was mad passive about this. And Alan was angry, but kind of rightfully so, but not expressing himself in the right way. And we kind of resolve it with Alan just being like, hey, you know what? I shouldn't have been that angry. And uh, Eric being like, hey, you know what? I actually don't have any other options, so I guess I'll go back home, and I guess... You know, it's like, it's not problem-solving. We don't address the real issues. Well, We just kind of acknowledge that there were issues. Eric said he's sorry, so the slate is wiped (laughs) clean. The person who, honestly, in my opinion, parents in this episode is Feeney. When Feeney's like, oh, so I should just let you back into school? Yeah. You know, I mean, like, and he doesn't even really hold to his guns there. But he at least challenges Eric's assumption that everything will be okay. Mm. This episode. (laughs) Um, uh, A few notes that I just had. Um, One is that Eric cut his hair. I don't oh, know if you yeah. noticed that I did like because we were watching these back to back. I was like, "Oh, Eric cut his hair," and I don't, you know, I don't know what it was for, but still, you know, you had that little cut. And then um, we learned that he's not eighteen yet, at yes. least as far as this, but he just turned eighteen. And does it really go anywhere for him turning eighteen at this point, as far as you know? What do you mean, like him? Like I'm saying, like does Eric being eighteen be like a big thing? Because also, I feel like an eighteenth birthday is usually a bigger thing. Yeah, as far as I know, there is a road trip that he takes at the end of the season, okay. which is a very, like, I'm going to go look at colleges kind of trip. So, okay, okay, kind of thing. there's that. And then finally, uh, a reminder that everyone should know, Lincoln freed the slaves for both moral and political reasons. 100%. Uh, so Feeney out here teaching the truth. Uh, it wasn't just because Lincoln thought that slaves didn't deserve to be in slavery. It was for political reasons, and uh, I think we should just acknowledge that every now and then. Yo, Feeney, <laughs> stay woke. Exactly. Um, so, that's uh, pretty much most of it. Anything else? Um, the one thing I thought is that um, uh, there was elements of this episode that reminded me a lot of the Strike episode, in the sense that in that episode, Feeney scolded Turner for teaching the kids something that ultimately led to them wanting to quit school. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this episode, Eli's influence on Eric never played a part in the storyline as far as like Feeney chastising him. So I just thought it was interesting that it seems as though Feeney is kind of playing favorites with Turner. Oh, do you think? <laughs> so, yeah, that's 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 it. That's all I got. All right, cool. Um, so. Bra moments. Do you have it? I think I know you mentioned one. Earlier, yeah, that's like, that's all I got. All right, cool. Um, did I have like a bra moment? I honestly, I think. Oh, uh, the the boss dropping down to his <laughs> boxers in the middle of a news station is a hundred percent. Honestly, I cannot disagree. That is a very big. Okay, yeah. so this is exactly what Me Too was about. 100%. <laughs> um, and then grade. What grade are you? You know what? I gotta be super honest. Like, I saw this episode and I thought I would be like kind of jazzed to talk about it, but as we're sitting here, I'm like, I think this episode was kind of boring, and I don't understand why I feel that way, but. 
it just didn't give me what I wanted out of something that had the potential to give me a lot. I think if they would have made the story simpler, it would have been more effective. But because there was so much happening and then all this bullshit with Turner in the background, like I just couldn't. I, I, I think it was a little sloppy. So, so what grade did you give it? Um, I'm gonna give it B minus. I I'm gonna give it a B minus. I I put it because here's what's funny. I actually really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, and I I feel like everything you said, but the opposite. But I'm still giving it a B minus. And what I mean by that is, I was entertained. It really like took me on the ride. I wish they had done more. I didn't feel like there was a lot going on. I felt like there wasn't enough going on with the A storyline. Yeah. Um, but because of that and because of the way they handle it and when as we've been talking through it, I realized it's like they just kind of hit milestones, really. They didn't really go into depth on anything. That's why I'm giving it a B-. minus. All right. Yeah, sounds good. Absolutely. Okay, now homework. What's your homework? Well, I'm going to let you lead the homework. Okay, absolutely. So, um, because we spent our time watching these episodes on YouTube in between them being on Hulu and Disney+, Plus, um, I actually started to look at a lot of my other YouTube um, stuff. And uh, one of the series, I guess you could say, that I follow but I've really started to watch more of lately is AJ Plus, which is Al Jazeera's uh, YouTube series. They have a lot of really great, um, just, I guess, explanation uh, videos or like in-depth reporting. I don't know for those who know about Al Jazeera, but they are one of the more notable and uh, credible news media sources and they started doing YouTube videos and they have things like the one I sent you TC earlier this week which is why so many black people in the US can't swim there's one that talks about how disco changed everything um the effects of Brexit and how it ties into World War II and Britain's identity crisis okay um they just do a lot of really good um I guess reporting videos. I don't know what you call them. I'm sure, so sorry. yeah. But either way, I find it like very those interesting. those little, like, three-minute docs. You know? Yeah, three-minute documentaries. Yeah. And they're really, really interesting, well-cited, um, entertaining, and I just, I really, really enjoy them, and I hope you will, too. So that is my homework. Okay, so I know exactly what my homework's going to be. Okay. And it is a podcast called You Must Remember This. And so this podcast um, is hosted by... Um, Karen Longwood, the founder of Cinematical.com and a film critic for LA Weekly, um, she kind of examined like the first few decades of Hollywood and like all of the like backdoor drama of everything that was going down. Ooh. And the reason why I'm recommending her podcast is because um, this last few episodes that she did that she's doing a series on is on Song of the South. The reason why I'm, oh, I'm so fascinated by this is because with Disney Plus coming out, Song of the South is the one movie that they refuse to re-release. I have never seen Song of the South. Apparently, it's filled with all kinds of racism. And this podcast does a deep dive of, like, all of the components of this movie and, like, the political environment Ooh. of the time, how, like, Walt Disney was trying to go jump on the going with the wind bandwagon and how... You know, they they just... Oh, so many details. Anyways, I sent you a video earlier this week of Mickey mm -hmm. Mouse putting on blackface. Yeah. I found out about that through this podcast. So there was just a ton of things that, like, 
really opened my eyes to the racism in Disney's past. And I, I, currently, as of right now, if you watch Pocahontas or Dumbo or something like that, they have a little disclaimer of like, hey, this is unedited in its original format from the time it came out or something yeah. like that. Um, to acknowledge it, but I really wish that they would just kind of like, hey, we're going to do a special documentary on this movie t discussing the racism behind it. We're going to show it to you, and then we're going to have black filmmakers come up and like do a dialogue on what was on, and like have a conversation about it, because I feel like editing out history and saying we're just not going to show this anymore is... I don't know. Like, I was telling you, I had seen Jojo Rabbit this weekend. Yeah. And one of the things that really struck me about Jojo Rabbit, which I'm also recommending to anyone who wants <laughs> to see it, is that they showed this footage of Hitler that I had never seen before. Of mm. Hitler with crowds cheering for him and fainting on him. Like, he was the damn Beatles, bro. Yeah. I had never seen that specific footage before. And it totally changed my understanding of Germany and World War II and Hitler and all these things. And so I just feel like it's irresponsible to remove that because... It felt very Trumpian watching that film. I was going to say, well, here's so, what's really, really interesting. A lot of people don't realize how similar we are living in the time that is, like, how similar the Trump era is in all these MAGA hats are to um, Hitler and just the way that he had support. A lot of, like, I think our generation was raised to, you know, just always know hitler as the bad guy but we do not remember the fact that a lot of people were complicit and thought it was just fine and like it's so, so yes, much going you on you have to watch jojo rabbit then because that is a hundred percent what the movie is about it's about these people who were born in germany thinking that the greatest honor of life is to be a nazi and a little boy who just slowly realizes that maybe something's wrong with that absolutely so, but then also like what you were saying as far as like the history of disney um people don't realize that Mickey Mouse actually was just a replica of a minstrel sh show. There's the reason so why he's black, yes. the reason why he's wearing gloves, all of those things minstrel. are minstrel. And we just, we've been so removed for it for so long. It reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but not too long ago, I think they, again, it's somewhere in America. I can't remember where. You can literally Google it. It'll probably be several. But they were getting rid of To Kill a Mockingbird and uh, Huckleberry Finn because it uses the N-word and also it makes white, white children feel, feel bad. Yeah. And it's just like, no, that, A... They should feel uncomfortable. You should feel uncomfortable. The whole book is about, hey, isn't this messed up? And if you can't read it and be like, hey, let's talk about why this person, A, is called this, and B, why it should not be... Sorry, why you feel bad and, and what that means and what that meant at the time and did people feel bad and is this some kind of honor? All of these things are really, really important because just in general, in American history, we don't like to acknowledge the fact that a lot of American entertainment was built on the fact... I'm uh, sorry, or was built on are at the expense of black people. Like, the very first movie, the very first movie... Well, the first popular, popular movie, movie yes, Birth of a is Birth of a Nation, and it was everywhere. And we just don't talk about the fact that that movie literally sparked the joy for movies. Dude, I saw that movie in film class. 
fantastic. I've never seen it, and yeah. I feel like it would be hard because the clips that I have seen, I don't really remember much of it. The clips that I have seen are really hard. It's to wild. It's literally, it's like it's the most wild racism I've ever seen on film, and it's, and that it was but, it set the template. But it set the template, but also it set up Hollywood, and I just think that when you see things, I don't know if you saw this the other day, but they talked about the fact that in the nineties, someone suggested Julia Roberts to play. Uh, Harriet Tubman, <laughs> and the studio execs' um, excuse was he was like it was so long ago. Who remembers? And it's like that's very scary. Number one, and number two, kind of the problem. So I think that everything that you just suggested, I'm really excited to check out, and I hope our listeners are too. Yes, 100%. <laughs> um, so in, anything else? Um, no, yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's pretty much it. All right, so thank you guys for listening to Brum Meets World. Remember, you can find us on all of the places that you listen to your podcast. Please leave us a rating, share us. Uh, we always appreciate it. You can find me on Twitter at Extra Siege, that's X-T-R-A-C-E-E-J-T-C. You can find me at me at Braver dot me on Instagram. You can also find us on vacation next week. Yeah, um, next, well... I'll edit this out. But, like, no, we'll release this episode. Okay. Um, you can also find us uh, just doing Thanksgiving shit because this is our Thanksgiving episodes. So. Absolutely. So uh, if you have any teenagers who tell you that they're dropping out this holiday season, let us know. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and make sure that, you know, you uh, dream. Try. And maybe share an episode of Boy Meets World with your family. Like, bring the family together. I know. With the, with a little bit of, of Corey and the gang. I I've think. heard a lot of people just talking about how Boy Meets World was one of the first things that they started watching now it was on Disney Plus. It's also really interesting that it was on Hulu for like the last few years. No one gave a shit. (laughs) But like either way, we're glad to have you. So later Later, bros. bros.